0: Stand by to launch Fan Stream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing nothing but pure sports. And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fidoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter, at PFidoff. So for episode 78 today, we're going to be talking the NFL draft and those Notre Dame players selected in the draft over the past three days and those that were not but were offered free agent contracts for those of you that do not know how that works, if you're not selected uh, over the past three days, over the, uh, the seven rounds, and a team makes you an offer, you can sign with that team, and you can actually get multiple offers. So let's say uh, the Browns offer you a contract, the Bengals, uh, the Ravens, or, and the Steelers, so my, pretty much the AFC more. I'm a Steeler fan. One of those teams offers me a contract. I want to sign with my favorite team, the Steelers. Or let's say you're a running back and those four teams offer you a contract and one of those teams, the running back situation just isn't the uh, the strongest, the greatest, whatever you want to call it. And you're a decent running back and you can think you can at least compete for a backup role, if not a starting role, but your chances are better to make that team. You're probably going to want to sign with that team. So it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise for some of these players because you think, oh, I didn't get drafted, but you may be going into a better situation for one of those teams you can more or less have a selection for instead of where you're forced to play is what I'm trying to say. And you think, oh, free agent signing, they're not gonna be that great. Uh, Remember Willie Parker for the Steelers. He has the longest run in Super Bowl history for Super Bowl 40, 75 yard touchdown run. Uh, Kurt Warner, remember him, Hall of Famer. James Harrison, another Steeler, wasn't drafted. Uh, Who else? John Randall, uh, another Hall of Famer. I know a lot of people can't stand the way that this guy broadcasts, and he's not a Hall of Famer, but he was a decent player in his own right, Tony Romo. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. And yes, some of these players don't have a chance in hell to make a team, but others are going to get into a better situation by making that free agent signing had um, they've been drafted instead is what I'm trying to say. So some quick notes, though, before we get into the those players that were selected in the draft, Uh, Bryce Young, no, not the Bryce Young from uh, Alabama. That was the number one pick in this this past draft. Bryce Young. Remember Bryant Young? He played to me on the last team that I feel had a legitimate shot and they should have won the national title. Uh, Notre Dame football in 1993 his dad was a defensive lineman Bryant Young well his son Bryce Young is a defensive lineman too and they live in Charlotte North Carolina right now he's a four star defensive lineman a highly coveted recruit today he verbally committed to Notre Dame's 2024 recruiting class and I know I had a lot of recruiting shows last year I'm going to kind of tone those back a little bit this year I know those are important but until they sign on that dotted line So many things can change. I think there's a good chance he's probably going to stay with the class. You know, he's got that Notre Dame connection already. But as long as Notre Dame keeps making that steady climb uh, to, you know, the playoffs, you know, a contender for the national championship, I think, um, barring any sort of disaster, I think he's going to stay with his 2024 class. Also, Lorenzo Styles. Last week, he entered the transfer portal, former wide receiver. And then he would have been a cornerback. They were going to move him to the defensive side. Um, well, he, as I said earlier, he went to the portal today, Saturday. It's official. He will be attending or going to uh, Ohio State to play with his brother, Sonny Styles. They're from Pickerington Central, right down the road here in uh, Central Ohio. Excuse me. Had a burp come up there. My apologies. <laughs> um, also, uh but the thing is, he would have been playing cornerback at Notre Dame, a system he's known for three going on three years now. He'd be halfway to his degree, and now he's got to learn a new system. There's no guarantee he's going to be a starter at Ohio State. Uh, so, same position at Ohio State that he would have been playing at Notre Dame, and halfway, if not more than halfway, to a Notre Dame degree. But whatever, uh, that's my opinion. Good luck to Lorenzo Styles. And now on to the draft pick. So when the draft started on Thursday night, a lot of us, including me, thought even if it was in the later first round, we all thought Michael Mayer, tight end, one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in Notre Dame history, would have been a first round pick. He wasn't even the first tight end picked in the draft. A lot of people, even a lot of non-Notre Dame fans are shocked by that. And I think just even like the common, even the non-common football fan, can watch him play and say, Hey, that guy's a football player. That guy's a really good football player. I mean, when he came to Notre Dame in 2020, he looked like he was ready for the NFL at that point already. He looked like a little Rob Gronkowski. They called him baby Gronk, but he ended up going into the second round on Friday night. Uh, Michael Mayer round two, pick 35 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, He's going to be a pissed off player. Let me tell you, he, uh, I, I know he he thought he should have went a lot higher. I'm not saying he's going to get rookie of the year, but he's going to make some noise next year, uh, because not just because of his overall talent and work ethic. Really good kid, but uh, he's going to be pretty pissed off, and he's going to show the NFL and all those teams that didn't draft him what they missed. Also in the second round, defensive end, Isaiah Foskey. Round two, pick number 40 to the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people thought Isaiah could have been a – late to mid-round first uh, first rounder earlier in the year however he had an okay uh, season this year very talented player don't get me wrong uh, he to me and everybody else he took a, some games off this year whether he started acting like a prima donna who knows i know he did get a nil deal but it's nothing like these nil deals that sec schools are getting like for a million dollars it's very scaled back at notre dame but it seemed like he played when he wanted to play this year had an awful game in ohio State, awful game against stanford but when he played he, he's a great player so hopefully his mind's totally focused once he gets to the saints i think it will be i think he learned his lesson by taking off uh, certain games this year at notre dame and how that affected his draft staff or drafts status and also just how it affected his team i mean probably cost us uh at least one game uh with us especially the stanford game ohio state could have went either way but that game against stanford that that cost us so uh jared patterson offensive lineman center round number six pick 201 he went to the houston texans kind of an up and down year this year uh very talented offensive lineman but him too this year. i wouldn't say he took off plays this year plays or games or you gonna say, call that but i just think just the mental focus wasn't there all the time. I remember he just getting false starts and for a fifth year senior, that just cannot happen. But I think um, he's got a role with the Texans. I don't think he's gonna be a day one starter, but I definitely think he does have a future there. Uh, But then when you say that, only three Notre Dame players selected in this year's draft. Now granted, not many uh, Notre Dame players came out this year. They got a lot coming back. That's what I wanted to focus on too. Yes, we didn't have as many um, in the draft. Those are, I should say, drafted this year. But that just means we have a lot of uh, talent coming back to Notre Dame. But still, we want to see this number um, go up a little bit. So let me get to the O's that were, and this is as of Saturday night right now. This may change, but I just, I kept hitting refresh. Um, the, there's only maybe two other players that I think may get free agent contracts. So right now, as of 9:30 uh, Saturday night, uh, we have Chris Smith, defensive lineman. Again, these are free agent signing contracts. These were players that were not drafted. Uh, Chris Smith, defensive line. Um, he signed a contract with the Detroit Lions. Brandon Joseph, safety. He played one year at Notre Dame. Uh, this year, he was a uh, graduate transfer from Northwestern. Safety. He will also be playing for the or signing with the Detroit Lions. Uh, There's no guarantee these guys are making the team. Jason Adamiola, defensive lineman, free agent contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Blake Groupie, he was the uh, uh, graduate uh, transfer this year from Arkansas State. Kicker did a decent job for us last year. Nothing spectacular, though. Uh, However, he got a free agent signing uh, with the New Orleans Saints. And there's probably only two players that may still get free agent contract. I mentioned Jason Adamiola. He has a twin brother, Justin Adamiola, also on the defensive line, but he has not signed as of this taping right here. And then Bo Bauer, another, he uh, uh, tore his ACL last year. He either tore his ACL or broke his leg. I forget. I think it was an ACL, but I don't know if that's one of the reasons why he's not signed yet, but I could see Bo Bauer also getting a free agent signing also, so we had let's see here one, two, three, four free agent signings. And who knows, maybe they're going to the uh, a perfect situation. i mentioned uh Chris Smith and Brandon Joseph signing with the Detroit Lions back in 2021. Uh Brock Wright, a uh, former Notre Dame tight end, free agent signing. Many didn't think he'd make the team. He is currently the starting uh tight end for the Detroit Lions, so it worked out great for him and Just on a side note, when he graduated from Notre Dame, he was third on the depth chart. He was behind Tommy Tremble, who's with the Carolina Panthers, pretty good tight end. And he was also behind a pretty damn good freshman by the name of Michael Mayer, who I just mentioned earlier. So he was kind of hidden within the depth chart, and he just didn't get his chance to sign because there's more talented players in front of him, but he made the most out of his opportunity with the Detroit Lions. So... Not the greatest with um, the amount in the draft, but here's the thing too, I just want us to focus on Uh, that. I think we want, yes, we want these kids, the big thing at Notre Dame, four for 40. You know, if you do stay those four years or some, or fifth year seniors as well, you're set up for 40 years with, you know, great business contacts and uh, just a network of uh, resources for you. And I have, I have no, I've never had someone, how can I say this? I don't have firsthand knowledge of this, but I have heard rumblings that certain NFL GMs stay away from Notre Dame, especially in those early rounds, like rounds one and two, unless there's just like overall great talent, like a Michael Mayer. And at times Isaiah Foskey, sometimes they stay away from Notre Dame players because they don't think they're totally focused on football they're more focused about life after football, you know, getting into the real world more or less. And those that are coming from other schools, you know, football is their only way out to help their families and, you know, get a great living, to help out their communities and stuff like that. Where kids from Notre Dame, not all of them, uh, you know, they're more, as I mentioned earlier, focused on, you know, the bigger picture for life after football. I have no, you know, exact evidence for that but i've heard rumblings of that you know hearsay secondhand knowledge and i'm sure some of that is true obviously you know gm's going to admit to that but here's the thing too i think this this uh so-called hearsay evidence or whatever would go away if notre dame just started winning the big games again winning a playoff game winning a national championship because once you win they'll start taking multiple players from the team for those that don't even play did you see georgia today i did, or over the past three days i don't know the final numbers but their second third string players were getting picked for the nfl draft i'm like who the hell is this for georgia i mean they might have barely played but it's georgia they've been winning the last they won the last two national titles they played for another national title back in the 2017 season kind of when that all started out for georgia when they played us We lost to them by one point. I mean, we're a very solid program right now. But once we start winning those big games, I just think it's going to be a domino effect to say, hey, Notre Dame is winning these games. Yes, these kids are focused on more of the bigger picture after football. But these are, if they're winning these national titles, obviously there's talent, not just first string, but second string, third string, you know, walk ons, or not, I shouldn't say walk ons, but let's just say fourth string. And we got to just start winning those big, what's going to change this beat Ohio state next year. I know Ohio state's not going to have, they'll have a solid quarterback, whether he becomes a a great quarterback that's to be seen to be uh, seen still. But um, there's no CJ Stroud. There's no Dwayne Haskins. There's no, um, uh, uh, Justin Fields. Sorry, I lost my. i who's that other quarterback? They've had three really good quarterbacks back to back to back, and but still, until we beat Ohio State, I'm not going to pick us to beat them because they still got a hell of a lot surrounding that you know quarterback. Uh, I think it's going to be Kyle McCord. They still got, I mean, just a plethora of receivers, especially Marvin Harrison, that can just change a game on his own. Win at Clemson. I know Clemson's kind of down this year, but they have a. Hopefully their new quarterback, I think his name's uh, Cody Klubler, or I think the the last name's uh, Kubler. I know that. It's Kubler or Klubler. But anyway, win at Clemson. That'd be a big win. When Caleb, I know USC, great, great offense, but not much of defense. We found that out late in the year. We still should have beat him last year, but take the uh, current reigning Heisman trophy, who insulted you big time. He painted his fingernails and put FU on there, which He's got a right to do whatever he wants. But to me, that's a a low class move. You know, I like the competitive spirit, but there's certain ways to do it. But that's a a discussion for another day. Make him have one of his worst games next year in a national televised audience. It'll be prime time at Notre Dame Stadium. Make him pay for, you know, disrespecting you last year. I mean, I'm not talking like physical violence or anything like that, but make just create havoc for him where he has one of his worst games ever. Uh, on prime time at Notre Dame Stadium and just beat the crap out of USC. Even though they're to me, they're not a top five team in my previous podcast. I said not a top ten. I'd say maybe a top ten, but not top five. Win a playoff game, win a national title, win these big games. And then you're going to start see like in the early to mid nineties when Notre Dame was having just tons of kids drafted, like first round, second round, you know, we would have Probably about 10 kids overall getting drafted during that draft day weekend. But you got to beat Ohio State. You got to win at Clemson. You got to make Caleb Caleb Williams have one of his worst games ever as a collegiate quarterback as a reigning Heisman Trophy winner. That's what you got to do. Winning takes care of everything. I'm telling you right now, winning takes care of everything. You guys say, well, who cares if they get drafted? Let's just win a national title. But I think if you talk to Marcus Freeman, he thinks we can have both. And that's what I like about him where other coaches, you know, oh, they got the uh, academic standards are too high. Excuse after excuse after excuse. Marcus Freeman's like, we can still have high academic standards, get highly uh, coveted kids, five-star recruits, win playoff games, win national titles, have kids go to the NFL, be high draft picks. We can do all this at Notre Dame. It just takes a lot more work than other schools and to me he's still he's still the uh, best guy that i see that can do this right now now maybe he's not the guy down the road uh we shall see but i still have total faith in marcus freeman and that we can get this thing figured out so i mean i know there's different times or different we'll never that was a totally different time in the 90s but to get that type of uh late 80s early 90s but we can still have uh, success like that. It's just a different time in doing it. And with the landscape of college football right now, if we do do, if we do do, if we do end up uh, finally winning the national title, that's going to be a hell of an accomplishment. Because of the portal, academic standards, uh, just Notre Dame being a little, a lot tougher to get everything put together, that'll be a hell of an accomplishment. But I think we can get there. So. That's the NFL draft recap. I'm going to take a, unless there's some big news with football, I'm going to be, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be working on that. Matt Doherty uh, retrospective, had he stayed at Notre Dame, a uh, former basketball coach for the 99, 2000 season. And uh, that'll probably be the next podcast, but I had to still do some little research on that. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 78. Congratulations to all the Notre Dame players that were drafted as well as those that signed free agent uh, contracts uh, today, actually. So thank you so much. And as always, go Irish.